I'm going to share with you um, on what I titled the Jesus Foundation for Effective Prayer and Fasting. The Jesus Foundation. So how many people know when Jesus lays the foundation, then it's got to be great. And whatever Jesus teaches you, you never outgrow what Jesus teaches I'm amazed sometimes when I listen to some people who, who kind of ridicule some of the things that Jesus taught. And I don't understand, but I guess maybe we are still learning. But I never want to know more than Jesus. It's not safe. It's not safe for me to be smarter than Jesus. So if Jesus says something about prayer, I want to know what he said. If he says something about fasting, I want to know what he said. Every other person can say what they want to say. I will only listen to them after I've listened to Jesus. Because what Jesus says stands forever. And men's opinions will not stand forever. I have news for you. Men's opinions have not been established forever in heaven. But the word of Jesus has been settled in heaven. So that's the sure foundation. Okay. So let's look at some of the things that Jesus said to us about prayer. Looking from Matthew chapter 6. I read from verse 5. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need for before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, I think I missed something there. Fasting to be seen only by God. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. With a sad countenance. You're going to be fasting. Don't be sad. Okay. Yeah, I noticed there was some, a bit of excitement when 
the fast was announced. So you are not like that. You are not going to have a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. My goodness. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Praise God. So, Jesus, this is the foundation of prayer. And I hear you've been doing a series on the um, Sermon on the Mount. And this is, this is a continuation of, of that. Jesus is, is teaching, giving principles here of the kingdom. Teaching us how to operate in the kingdom of God. And these are some of the vital foundational truths that we need to be established in our Christian walk. Okay, so the first thing we want to address is the motive for prayer. The motive for prayer. So there is a motive that is, 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 uh, Jesus is addressing here. If you're going to pray, he says in verse 5, he says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. My goodness. Is Jesus against public prayer? No, he's not. He's not against public prayer. But he is against the motive. When people now stand in the street corners to say, we want to pray, we want to be seen, and we want, to be, uh, we want everyone to know that we are praying. The Jews had a tradition of praying three times a day. Okay, they would pray in the morning, at noontime, and then at night. They had the prayer watches. So, these people would go to the street corners. Some of them will organize their schedule to a point where it would be that, okay, when it's time for prayer, it would be evident. I'll be, I'll just stand out there and then, you know. Just begin to pray so that everyone will be impressed that I'm following um, the, 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 the tradition and all of that. And Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward already. So when we pray, we don't pray to impress people. You don't come to someone and say, how, how many hours do you pray in a day? As for me, I mean, I just pray 24 hours. Huh? So you, you only pray five minutes? Oh, man, you haven't even started. No, this, you don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. You, 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 don't, you know, prayer is intimacy. Okay? Prayer is intimacy. You can't just go to someone and be telling them how intimate you are with your wife. You, you, you know, it's somebody who, I mean, they will say there's something wrong with you, right? How many people know there's something wrong with that kind of a person? Yeah. So why do you do that with prayer? This is your intimacy with the Father. So Jesus says, don't do that. These guys already have their reward. 
And he says, even when you fast, don't do it to be seen to be fasting. I know there are many religions that fast today. And sometimes they'll say, look, don't you know I'm fasting? You know, just fasting now. And they're so angry each time. Because they say, can't you see we are fasting? Jesus says, don't do that. Don't do that. If you're fasting, just anoint your face. Have a shower. Put your perfume. Brush your hair. Comb your hair. You know, wear your best and smell nice. Put, you know, use mouthwash and, you know, and let, let everyone, let no one know that you are fasting. Yeah. Don't disfigure your face. He says, don't do that. Okay. So what are the wrong motives? Number one, to be seen by men. You don't want to do things to be seen by men. Okay. You don't want to do things to impress people. Don't do anything to impress anyone. One of the things I have come to realize is that if you live to impress people, you will disappoint God. So I had to make up my mind, even as a pastor, I'm not going to do anything to impress people. I don't care what people think about me. I will say what God wants me to say. If I'm hated, it's okay. You don't have to love me. Just listen. That's all. Yeah, because I don't have, I don't have a responsibility of making people obey God. I don't, I don't want to take that responsibility upon myself but I have a responsibility to communicate God's word as he puts it in my heart and as he shows it to me without fear or favor are you following me and that's why I'm so happy I have a wife that loves me so much I have so much love at home that even if I don't get anywhere else I'm fine yeah it's okay so, so I, tell, I tell people, I say, you don't have to love me. Just listen to what I have to say. It's okay. I'm secure in that. So never do things just to impress people. Why? Because you are going to give an account to God one day. Obviously, you need to honor your leadership. You need to honor um, those that God puts in authority over you and all of that. Yes, at the end of the day, they also want you to please God. Am I correct? That's right. So sometimes we also pray. That another wrong motive of prayer. I see that in the book of um, James chapter 4 verse 3. It says you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So many people pray, but not many people get answers to their prayers because the motives are wrong. So if we don't listen to the motives, I mean, if we don't address the motive factor, we will not see results in our prayers. I want result-oriented prayers. Okay. So how many people want to just pray just so that you can Tell yourself you've prayed. Don't you want God to answer your prayers? Yes. 
So if we don't pay attention to our motives, we are not going to see answers to our prayers. And that's why we need to listen to Jesus. Then Jesus now gives the mode of prayer and fasting, which we have, we have read. He says, but when you pray, go into your room. Okay? And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't that amazing? When a husband and wife are intimate in the bedroom, with time, the reward shows in the open. Correct? So when you spend time with God in the secret place, with time it will show. God is going to impregnate you in the place of prayer. It's not for public consumption. So he says, don't do it in the open. Do it in your room. Obviously, if we come together to have a congregational corporate prayer, uh, there is a place for that. Because the Bible even recommends that we do that. Okay? But we're talking about your personal prayer life. Your personal relationship with God. It's important for us to come together sometimes to pray corporately. Why? Because then when you are together, you find out that the anointing for prayer is even stronger. And you find more grace to pray. And it's easier for you to pray because we are now together as one body. I don't care how powerful you are in your secret place. When we come together, you can't beat that. But when we come together, we're not coming for a show. We're coming to meet with our Father. And when we come in the right manner, our Father hears one voice. It's one voice he hears. So, when you fast, he says, anoint your head, wash your face, and all of that. But then, let's look at the model of prayer. Jesus now gives us the model of prayer. From verse 9. Let's read that. He says, In this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know that prayer, right? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So Jesus gave them. Notice that he didn't say repeat this after me. It's just a model. It's a model of prayer. Which you can use in your personal prayer life. I love this so much. Why? Because the, 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 each time I follow this model of prayer, it's very easy to pray for more than an hour. If you pray this correctly in your prayer life. It's very easy to do that. 
Why? Because when you pray and you come and you say, Our Father in heaven, it's about the name of the Father. It's about the name of the Father. And let me say this, in your prayer life, in your personal prayer life, if you struggle to pray, get someone to pray with. It helps very much, believe you me. Have someone that loves the Lord and wants to pray. Either your spouse or your friend. It's fine. You pray together. But then on your own, if you want to enrich your prayer, sometimes what I do is I, I, I play worship music. I get there's some, there's some worship music that moves my heart. I don't know. Do you have any? That when you just, when you just, when you just hear that, it just immediately moves your heart. So sometimes what I do is that I play that, I play that in the background. And as it is playing, I'm just there worshiping the Father. Worshiping the Father. And it, it, it helps me to zoom in to that secret innermost chamber into the Holy of Holies. So prayer, it's about intimacy. It's not just about having your needs met. The first thing is about knowing your father. So Jesus is giving them that model. He says, when you come to pray, first thing you need is to know your father. That's the first thing about prayer, knowing your father. It's not having your, you know, your, your bank account full. It's not having food on the table. That's not the first thing. Although the father is interested in that. But the first thing is knowing him. So when you come to the place of prayer, you're saying, Father, I want to know you. I want to know your fatherhood. I want to know you. I want to know. I want to know how to love you even more. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you, you, you need to have a desire to love the father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If he loved you so much that he sent Jesus. I think we owe him love. Do you love God more than having your needs met? Each one of us can love him more than we do right now. Amen. You can love him more. So, he wants us to love him. So, that's the first thing. You hallow his name. You revere his name. You set his name apart in your heart. Then the next thing, after knowing the Father, you need to know his kingdom. You need to desire his kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, He seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. I believe that if you don't know what to pray for, just pray for his kingdom. You'll be, in, you'll be spot on. You can pray that, Lord, your kingdom come. That's what I do when I pray for the kingdom. I pray for the kingdom everywhere I go. Anytime I have to pray, I want to always pray for the kingdom. I pray for the kingdom to manifest in my life. You have the kingdom of God within you, but is it in manifestation? So you need to pray for it to manifest. 
Are you getting me? So you pray, when you pray like that, you pray for the kingdom of God to manifest in your life, to manifest in your home, to manifest in the church. We are the custodians of the kingdom of God. But are we manifesting the kingdom of God as a church? If we're not, we need to pray for that. So that has to be part of your prayer life. That has to be part of your, your prayer life. I pray for the kingdom of God to come upon Midran because we're pastoring in Midran and we believe that the kingdom of God is going to invade Midran. Why? Because we are praying for it. We are praying for it. And don't be surprised if the whole of Midran gets saved. Why? Because we are praying for it. And we pray it every day. Every day we pray for it. We're praying for every household in Midran. I would say, Lord, let every household in Midran be saved. Let your kingdom invade every household in Midran. That's part of our prayer. So, you see, that's what Jesus was telling them. That's the model of prayer that Jesus is giving to us. So, I can't be smarter than Jesus. I, I, I just want to stick to that. I want to stick to that. I know I'm safe. Okay, so I'm praying for the kingdom. I'm praying for the kingdom in my community. I'm praying for the kingdom of God to come upon this nation. South Africa needs the kingdom of God. But how is it going to happen if we don't pray? So we need to pray for that. Okay, then it now says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need the will of God. As it is in heaven, so let it be in my life. So let it be in my home. So let it be in the church. So let it be in our community. So let it be in, in, in the nation. We pray that. That's what Jesus is telling them to pray. It is only after that that he now says, give us this day our daily bread. You see, so for many of us, our prayer, immediately it's time to pray. Lord, you know what I need? I have this need and all of that. He knows you have those needs. But your priorities must be right. Seek first the kingdom. Okay? Pray for the kingdom. Don't tell me you are seeking the kingdom. If we check the, sub, the, 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 the sum total of your prayers, how much of it is kingdom-minded? How much of your prayer is kingdom oriented? Then you can't tell me you're seeking the kingdom when in your prayer, all you pray about has nothing to do with the kingdom. Is it okay to be real to ourselves? Let's tell ourselves the truth. Come on, touch someone and say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Don't be afraid. You're, you, you seem intimidated. Yes. So the father wants your needs met, but he wants it met after his kingdom has been made a priority in your life. Can you see why our needs are not met? That's why some, a lot of our prayers don't get answered because we don't prioritize the kingdom. So it's time to prioritize the kingdom. That's what Jesus that's the model of prayer that Jesus gave to us. The Father loves us. In fact, it is his good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. But you must pray for it. The birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, but he feeds them. 
And he says, how much more you, made in his image, after his likeness, but just seek the kingdom. Touch someone, say seek the kingdom. Come on, seek the kingdom. Yeah, seek the kingdom, even in your prayers. So when we come to the place of prayer, I want to say this to you. They say, they, I mean, they say strong they say strong grace upon this house. There's a sweet spirit in this place. There's a sweet spirit in this place. And I want you to take it right on that. Deeper into the heart of the Father. Set aside time. There are things that I do on a daily basis. There are things that I do on a weekly basis. There are things I do on a monthly basis. Just in terms of my personal relationship with him. You know what? I need to prioritize my relationship with the Father. Begin to do that. Just wake up one day. Set, I mean, whatever works for you, that's fine. Just decide. I'm going to pray. I'll set this time. This will be my appointment with him. If you don't know anything, you don't, if you don't know what to do, just worship him. Just, just tell him how much you love him. And tell him how much you want to love him. And what's going to happen is that he'll begin to draw closer to you. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You begin to experience him in a deeper way, in a stronger way. You begin to sense him and you get to a point, you start seeing not just sensing, not just hearing. You start seeing. I'm telling you, it's all part of our walk with him. But we have not pressed in enough to the point where we begin to experience him like that. But that's what he wants. He longs for that which he had with Adam before sin came and messed it up. Now he has sent Jesus to restore that. Let's take hold of that. Let's take advantage of what Jesus did. And in the cool of the day, you commune with your father. Make it part of your lifestyle. Make it part of who you are now. And then you will commune with him. It gets to a point that he now begins to give you songs. Wouldn't you like to hear songs from heaven? You're just there with him and all of a sudden he just opens the curtain and you hear heaven singing some songs and you just download it. Come on. Yeah, you just download it and then come and then begin to sing that. And people say, wow, this is awesome. Yes, because it came from heaven. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. Glory to God. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Glory, glory, glory. Mighty God, mighty God. I, want, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm hungry for him. I want more of him in my life. I want to know him. I want, I, listen, my prayer for you is this. That you will know God. You will know God to such an extent that whatever is humanly possible, you will attain that level in your relationship with God. In your walk with the Father. 
Let's not be satisfied with the things that we enjoy, the things He has blessed us with. He has blessed us greatly with so many things. Let those blessings not distract us from our relationship with Him, for our, from our intimacy with Him. 